Hey everyone, this is Gary Kay, and I am joined with Sean Wargo again. He's the Senior Director of Market Intelligence for Avixa. Sean, how are you? Good, Gary. How are you doing today? Good. We decided after our last video cast that we we're going to try to have some regular, regularly scheduled video casts to kind of update the industry in between and during uh, when you release your market intelligence reports, which I find very interesting because um, there is no other company really tracking our industry the way that you do it. Uh, there's, there, there, there are companies out there tracking product sales, but not the whole solution, right? Not, not every part of it. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously we know this is not going to be a great year. <laughs> like a, that's an understatement. Uh, but there are, there are elements of the, of the industry that are doing well. And we talked about that last time. Why don't you give me an update since the last time we talked? Sure. We were planning when we talked last, um, you know, we had already released our July, uh, what we call our IOTA brief, which is essentially just a snapshot on what we were seeing in the forecast. We were planning a, a, a release of a version, updated version of that as we close out the year. So we've been starting to capture and collate the information. A couple of things emerged from that, as you denoted. You know, it is it is a rough year. I think on net, probably our our forecast for how far down we were going to be in revenues as a total industry, let's call it minus 10, was is probably about right. But what changes is the mix. And I think what you and I have talked about in the past is there are places in where there's innovation and opportunity that's persisting and perhaps accelerating. And then, of course, those that we just know are struggling to, to stay viable. Uh, and that would be, you know, live events, in per, any in-person kind of entertainment-related uh, project work, et cetera. But I think the area that we continue to see tremendous investment is, of course, in facilitating this virtualization, this remote work, this remote learning. Uh, so let's call it what we call conferencing collaboration. Other people call it UCC, of course, of a different color, pretty much the same types of stuff. Yeah. So that's an area where we do see continued um, investment and a bit better than what we originally forecasted. We're kind of analyzing now, well, is it you know another two points better or three points, four points? Um, we were expecting this to be essentially a flat-ish category because the reality is in our industry, while we're investing, companies are investing in facilitating remote work, they're not investing in office space and technologies for uh, large auditoriums or conference rooms, that kind of stuff. So it's, it is a replacement investment uh, in some ways, an alternative investment. Um, but we all are well aware of the success of Zoom and, and other uh, like companies. And I think that points to this opportunity that continues to grow and emerge around this facilitation of collaboration. So I'd say that's the big theme for us. And I think that you were talking about that too. Uh, you're seeing innovation happening on the margins and new companies and new technologies coming in. And I think that's what we're starting to talk about. And even I was saying, as we look forward, I think we're being really, really conservative about growth rates because to me, we're in a time that is pushing massive innovation and adaptation, and that ends up yielding a lot of times really strong growth as you come out of these recessionary periods. So it makes me more optimistic, I think is the point. Um, There's a movement in UCC to go as a service, um, and, you know, on all aspects of UCC. I mean, you've seen some of the, com the major manufacturers out there introduce as a service packages where you're literally leasing the equipment from them, for lack of a better term. It's really not a true as a service model like we have in the IT industry. Um, but um, do you see this as a, I mean, based on your data, do you see this as a risk for the integrator to get into the as a service side of things? Or do you see 
have you looked at it to the level of figuring out what the right model is? Because I think if you look at this as just a lease, it's problematic. But when you look at it as a relationship building thing, I think it has yeah. more value. So I'm wondering, is there a way to track that or is there a comfortable way to sort of support the industry with that? I think the mode of tracking is still to be determined. I think how we figure out, we've, we've continued to ask, of course, our managed service offerings, things that you present to the marketplace. We're seeing new versions of that, new, new ways of getting into it, like you're talking about. I would agree with you that for now, to me, even if this is just say a baseline offering that gets your foot in the door, establishes the longevity, uh, the recurring relationship, that's a win for the integrator. Because for sure, my guess is a lot of the technology, one of the topics that we've been hearing about in the industry is right now the investment is in technologies to just get the job done. Even if it's right. not, let's say the best long-term, right. most viable. Especially in education. Job. Especially in Absolutely. education. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, for sure. So if you look at it that way, then there's a built-in potential upgrade path. And so the, the first versions then spawn other upgrade versions as we go down the road. So always some risk of commoditization. And I think that's what you're kind of pointing at perhaps is you get into these, these leases and you're struggling as an integrator to figure out, well, what's my value add on top of it? How do I justify a few more points or whatever versus the competition who's willing to kind of take it at a thinner, a thinner margin. So you have this sort of race for the bottom. Um, that that right. would be the risk. But that's, if anything, that's just pushing companies to continually adapt, evolve their service offerings to be viable, to be competitive against kind of baseline option. And so, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking it, literally, I guess, in this sense, since we're in Monday morning here, but uh, you know, pointing, thinking about how companies can work with this, it would seem that the option is you start with these, you uh, maybe this is tier one, you look at what's a tier two, tier three, and so you have upgrade path, you think about how you can build in best practice around uh, better technology options into the mix. So I'd say riffing on the core is the key in this situation, right? That's what it's been all about for our market right now is how do you get creative about what you were doing before? So another area that I talked about last time we talked was um, how digital signage is really kind of the, the ultimate untapped market for the AV industry. It's really the segment that the, I mean, like if you look at the data, somewhere between 15 and 20% of the signage installs and jobs have gone through the AV industry. The other 80% easily has gone way outside the industry. Everything from agency work, you know, experiential mm -hmm. agency work to even traditional agency work when you talk about menu, I mean, think about it, when, you, when you're Burger King, you're gonna install thousands of screens. You know, it's not like you're turning to an AV company to do that. You're going to your ad agency because ultimately the content that's gonna be on those screens is what's driving the application for the screen. So then the agency's right. going, and in some cases even forming their own company to do the integration of these things, or they're sort of contracting uh, the kind of company that they would contract install printers in the place as well, right? The ones that mm -hmm. print the point of service or sales uh, order in the back, you know, the special orders in the back, the same companies installing these things. So th that was one of the areas I sort of challenged because I, I kind of look at this as a is part of the AV industry. It's just that I haven't realized there's another part of the AV industry that's available to them. But I also look at why aren't we able to go after that segment of the industry? And how do we go after that segment of the industry? And then you come to these large experiential marketing projects, like what Mood Media does, for example, is, an, is mm -hmm. I don't know if you know who they are, but 
um, mm-hmm. or, or Unreal Engine. I don't know if you followed any of the stuff that Unreal Engine's done. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They're famous for the Star Wars ride at, at Disney, but they've done some pretty amazing experiential marketing uh, projects. How do we bring those into the tracking mix? Because although those aren't being done by AV, you're not just tracking this on behalf of the AV integrator, you're tracking the industry. And all that is part of our industry. It's just that we're not getting that chunk yet. I think we will, but not yet. Yeah, you point to a fundamental challenge with trying to frame up the AV industry and what it means and what it should include. I would say, and I think we talked about a little last time, the emphasis on our part of being as inclusive as we can around those types of activities and not just representing what might have been the core and traditional AV provider who's doing, you know, literal installs in say classroom or uh, big, you know, big meeting rooms in, in, in corporate. So you're right. We purposefully said the type of firm that we're going to be tracking, the type of opportunity is going to include some of the IT integration work, some of the brand shop agency type work, because at its core, those solutions really are, let's call them AV, because they involve that last mile of conversion of, of digital to analog so that we can, we can engage with it as a, as a consumer, as a user. So digital signage, I think, is an area where we have a pretty good, our hands are around it pretty well. I think there, the more challenging areas is where you're starting to see these blurring lines even between, let's say, digital signage, security, life safety types of solutions, you know, Checkpoint Charlie types of displays that are at the front of an office building or front of a uh, whatever, insert here building, uh, to do symptom checking and communication of, of guidelines when you're on-prem, those sorts of things. Um, that's a little, you know, more gray area. Uh, all the stuff that's happening in UCC that we're talking about, uh, that's kind of not true core AV as we would have thought about it traditionally. It kind of a little more IT based upon the systems and technology involved. Uh, so we try to draw a circle around it. And I that's another one of these, it fits in this category of the innovation happening around the margin that is it us or is it related enough to us that we should start to be tracking it and therefore highlight it as an opportunity for integrators. So I agree 100% with the spirit of what you're saying that there's stuff happening around this circle, however we draw it as an industry, as a methodologist for measuring the industry. There's stuff happening around the edges of that circle that we're not yet fully incorporating. And so make this an even bigger space. It's why every year I end up taking a hard look at our definitions and saying, you know what, we gotta, we gotta start pulling this stuff in because it's, it's more related to what we're doing than we originally thought. Media servers are a great example of that. You know, technology that may sound IT at its core, but gosh, pretty much every AV solution these days has to involve some kind of server technology uh, for distribution and storage. I, 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 it's interesting because I there's there's these two companies called Epic. There's Epic Games, who owns Unreal Engine, is doing some pretty amazing, you know, experiential things. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, in fact, if you've looked online in the last six months, all these really cool LED, you know, 3D LED displays—they're all being driven by Unreal Engine, for the most mm-hmm. part, products. And then you have mm-hmm. Epic, the big healthcare company. Both of those are going to use a lot of signage in the future. Like, because what's what's happening is you have Epic, the healthcare company, that's now offering these virtual concierge project products for um, for. Um, um, emergency services like uh, urgent care places and mm-hmm. hospital greeting areas where the person is sitting in the back, but they're 
you know, full screen on a 55 inch monitor that's mounted vertically, you walk up instead of seeing a person, you're seeing a virtual person there and you're checking yourself in. She's making sure you wash your hands, he or she, and is, is giving you the badge, right? When you check in and telling you where to go. Um, I say he or she, because it's really virtual, right? I mean, it could have anyone back there. Um, and in fact, one day it could be completely a robot, right? I mean, uh, we're not too far away from that already with AI technology. But that's UCC and signage together, right? And those are two things being done by a giant healthcare company, which really is stuff that we could easily be doing. I've seen some companies like Diversified and uh, I think AVI Systems have offered some products that are sort of like offshoots of this. And even LG, I saw, has a division that they created to to go after this segment of the market. But there's, there's all these pockets out there that I really feel like, I almost feel like, that Infocom as a show should highlight these applications like this so that to get integrators to think outside the, the box literally, because I think a lot of times we look at ourselves, integrators look at themselves as companies that go into rooms and install AV into rooms. And they're not looking outside the room at all the opportunities. And a big example I always used is the um, schools, like when, when higher education, especially the schools that are open, you know, University of South Carolina is still open, North Carolina is closed. But, North, but so you have projectors in every classroom, but you also have the ability to put wayfinding everywhere, right? And mm-hmm. why is that not projection? Why is that stickers? Because those stickers have to be replaced constantly. Um, but why is that not, you know, this other display technologies? And I think we get stuck on doing the rooms that we're sitting there in the room, we own the client, we're doing all their classrooms at one time. Why don't we say, hey, by the way, in the hallway, why don't I put all the signage that you need to tell the students what's going on and how to get there. And of course, now, in COVID world, um, you know, for for occupancy sensors and and wayfinding, I think are two big applications there. I guess, I guess my point is, I, th- I see this huge opportunity of growth. And I see the, the elements from the side coming into this industry, but not totally coming to the industry. And I feel like that we may be leaving a lot on the table. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that's the challenge for us is how do we go after some of that opportunity that's happening? One of the models that we're hearing come up a lot, which is an old, an old one, but being recirculated, is this idea of hub and spoke. I think, as you've noted, integration tended to think of itself as a very isolated, say, user environment, a one, a single case, you know, and a uh, a meeting room, a audit, and an auditorium, a stadium, etc. But the hub and spoke model would be, we're building many nodes off of a central core, ways mm-hmm. of interacting. This is coming up a lot in hospitality, as you know, we're hearing more and more. Travelers are spending the bulk of their time not actually in the property itself in the kind of common areas or in the retail areas, but in the room, it's flipped on its head. So if that's the case, then the room becomes yet another node in this hub of interaction as somebody flows through a larger environment. So what I think the fundamental challenge for the integrator is not thinking of the the hub as one little application area, but as the as the environment collective, right? So an office building in its entirety, a hotel property in its entirety, and the ways in which somebody flows through that space and interacts, and your ability as an integrator to help serve and uh, facilitate engagement throughout, right? That that yields tremendous opportunity. Uh, for the integrator to go beyond simple project, more towards recurrence, as we're talking about, because that's almost an unending need for continual upgrade and kidding and improvement as you go through the life cycle of a, of a client space. So 
uh, yeah, I couldn't agree it's more. Interesting, I think that it's what it's about. And it's interesting that you use that analogy because I think our industry is still stuck on a funnel. So I don't know if you ever read Ken McKenzie's report um, of uh, de the consumer decision process mapping. Have you ever read that mm -hmm. about how changing it from a funnel to a cycle, right? Where you, where you have a, where you have a, a loop, a loyalty loop inside there. And that's exactly what you're talking about is where you're looking mm -hmm. at it more holistically rather than beginning, middle and an end. And instead of letting Correct. them drop out the funnel, keep the relationship so that when they have any application, they're calling on you. Um, so yeah, you might just do the big sign on the outside today, but you could end up doing, like, like you said, we're, we basically are, are capable of installing servers. Now we're basically capable of installing and managing a lot of elements of the network, especially video on the network. We're better at video on the network than it companies are. In fact, most time it companies and it departments are asking the AV people, what are the different options that are available, um, for compression and things like that. This will be something and for us to continue to go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I was going to say, I think we, we have a better understanding of how content needs to be optimized to flow through that network, uh, how to optimize the network and how to optimize the content. So from capture through production to distribution, uh, AV specialization is going to help that. The IT company are going to be able to keep the data secure. They're going to be able to right. set up the, the architecture, but where the AV comes in, and as you noted, where brand shops come in is thinking about the life cycle around the content itself. Right. So I'm, the thing we were talking about even pre-COVID for um, integrator opportunity at video events was, gosh, you, you install these great displays, you help with project work, but have you thought about the recurring revenue around content to keep it fresh? So a brand shop's going to yeah. have advantage there of thinking, yeah. Well, great. I have this up. I'm in a W hotel. I've got this nice flagship digital signage in my in my lobby, but I got to keep it fresh brand. You know, they, they need an ability to kind of buy in or have some way of doing that. It's another place for an integrator to have creative partnerships to play and keep that right. uh, relationship going. As you noted, I think getting back to one of the first things we're talking about, the, the funnel idea applies even to that um, that concept of the, the leasing, uh, the managed service, the basic right you know, provision of a simple so if you think of that as the end then that is the problem yeah because yeah, so otherwise you become again, it's a mentality yeah, yeah and if you if you think about it as a cycle then you become it like an in-house av company as opposed to just being a vendor right you're the in-house yes. av company if you're out there supplying that from a services standpoint and really i think you know we've been talking about this for many many years i just think that the market now has to force themselves to move in that direction. The question is whether or not they have the infrastructure to do it. And I think I'm going to, you know, certainly continue to challenge integrators to build the infrastructure to do it. And this is not just having a relationship with a leasing company or a bank. This is much deeper than that. This is, this is really what age, what advertising agencies have done for many, many years is maintain the relationship with the client because of the quality of the work that they're doing. Same with the AV industry. We have to look at ourselves more like an agency, I think. And, uh, and, 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 and not just a vendor, but really supplying the quality um, that makes the, the client happy and excited and proud of what, what they have rather than it just being, you know, something they could buy off all online. Um, because a lot of this stuff is capable of being purchased online, let's be honest. <laughs> you, you know, mm. the, the difference is, you know, Amazon can't install it yet. <laughs> yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right well look sean thanks for uh, yeah, folks yeah. yeah thanks for joining me again and i appreciate it and uh we'll do these every once in a while um I'm, in fact i might as well i'll link the uh the mckinsey consumer decision process mapping um uh white i guess i'd call it a white paper white paper 
It's about 12 years old, but the whole eight and the whole ad industry switched from a funnel to a cycle back when that was published. And I think, I think our industry could benefit from looking at that. And because I think when you were describing that as the first thing I thought of, even though they may not see the relation, if they read it, read it, they'll see the relation between the, between the two. And uh, of course, Avixa is at avixa.org, A-V-I-X-A.org. And uh, you just formed a partnership with DSF. So I guess that'll help you in, in, um, in, in, in tracking this signage, digital signage market better, because I think you'll have access to the resources that DSF has. So I'm excited to see what that um, brings about as well. And of course, uh, check out Sean at uh, vixa.org. And uh, Sean, I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah. Happy to be here, Gary. Thank you. Y'all have a great day.